Good morning, everyone. I am Pastor Mark, and this is E3, and we are in the second week of Summer on the Mount, where we are going through the Sermon on the Mount, uh, what many have said is the greatest sermon ever given. It's truly probably the most challenging sermon ever given because of the high bar that, that Jesus is uh, setting for his followers. Uh, things that are impossible to obtain without the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling in us, probably impossible for us to attain without a good faith community around us encouraging us to take yet one more step toward the heart and mind of God. And that's really what we're talking about. <clears throat> and today is going to be about something that we all deal with. There's no one exempt. This is probably the most relevant talk that you'll ever hear, uh, just because we all experience it, and it's anger, right? Everybody here has been angry. Some people are currently angry, uh, or if you, you feel left out, don't worry, you will be angry in the future. It, it is true. So I was thinking about it. I mean, I, I have some things that, that make me angry, but, but I want to hear some of the things that make you angry. You can just shout them out. Waiting in line, slow, slow drivers, inconsiderateness, tailgaters, that's my daughter, she's a tailgater. I think she's cured of it though because she crashed my wife's car the other day, she's okay, yeah. So we actually sat down with her and we're like, we've been telling her, if you drive too close, you're going to hit somebody, but she's 18 and she knows everything. So, <sighs> sorry. <laughs> somebody say something over here, makes you angry. Not, pastor not paying attention to you makes you angry, <laughs> listening. Somebody, oh, the, like the, the office people that go in and, and eat your leftovers or in, my, in, in our kitchen... Uh, all the leftovers, like there's these angry messages, like this is mine, you know, do not eat under penalty of death, you know, and things like that. Sometimes I take pictures of them and post them on Facebook because they're so crazy. So who else? Anybody over here? Or are you guys all well-adjusted human beings? What? Liars. Like those people over there lying that they don't get angry at anything makes you angry. I'm with you. I am with you. Come on. Represent one person. Gossipers. Yeah, gossipers. Yeah, these, these, these are definitely things that, that make, you know, us all angry. And it's something that we all experience. And, and Jesus gets into this. Uh, you know, when I think of anger, a particular uh, 80s TV show comes to mind and I'm a product of the 80s, and, and I loved watching 80s television growing up and, and all that. And I used to love to watch The Hulk, right? And with uh, Dr. David Banner and, and The Hulk. I know Kelby's here, but doesn't The Hulk kind of look like Evan Matthews? <laughs> just a little bit. Not, not the complexion, but just uh, I think he could do a good Hulk. 
And one of the most, I, I actually, I couldn't believe I remembered this, uh, but this is so important, why words can be so important and how, how you order, order them. In that 80s TV show, Dr. David Banner says, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I get angry. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. You didn't like him when he got angry. But you know what the truth is? Nobody likes you when you're angry either. And no one likes me when I'm angry. You know, you think about it, you're driving along and you, you see an angry person, they're yelling or throwing something. You don't want to go over and like give them a hug. Hey, you want to hang out? I love angry people. No, angry people push other people away. We do not like angry people. And or when people are in the midst of anger, it just, it, it's unsettling, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I can go home. <laughs> yeah. That would make you angry. All right. So my, my, this has nothing to do with anything. But my dad says, nobody glad, nobody mad, bad, bad preaching. Nobody glad, nobody mad, bad preaching. Never mind. Okay. All right. Open your Bibles. Let's just go to Jesus, because you guys don't want to have a conversation. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, Jesus says this, you have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, even if you are angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call somebody an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Now, that's like, whoa. Like Jesus here, is, is he equating the actual physical act of murder with calling somebody an idiot? Like, is that where he's going? What, what is he trying to communicate here? This seems like a very high bar. You know, and then going on and saying, like, in dangers of the fire of hell. Now, when I was spending time in the scripture and, and, and spending some time in, in, in Greek and looking at some of these different words, I came across something that, that I think is really, really interesting, and, and, and it illuminates perhaps a little bit better what Jesus is trying to get at, and that word, judgment, that word judgment, when he says, you know, if you murder, you are uh, subject to judgment. And in the same way, I say, even if you are angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. And uh, that word judgment is krisis in the Greek, krisis. And that word carries with it uh, a, an idea that, that I think gives us a better understanding of judgment, especially in the biblical sense. You know what that word crisis means? Separation. Now, let me reread what Jesus said, translating crisis to separation instead of judgment. You've heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to separation. But I say, even if you are angry with someone, you are subject to separation. It is, that's really it, is, is judgment in all kind of circumstances, what it ultimately does is separates people. When judges judge people to 
go to prison. They're being separated from society and their families. Even when he says you're in danger of the fires of hell, conceptually, what is hell? Let's go, what, what is heaven? Being in the unbuffered presence of God. And on the flip side of that, hell being totally isolated, separated from God. And Jesus is sitting here going like, you know what? Murder leads to separation, but in the same way, anger leads to separation. And ultimately, it could, it could create uh, a separation so great that it is eternal between you and God and is ideal for you. So what is anger? I was thinking about this, and, and uh, this is where this is my definition of anger. Anger is what fills the space between expectation and perceived reality. So anger fills the space between expectation and perceived reality. Think about it this way, that uh, you're working really hard at, at your job and, you, and there's a promotion coming up and, and you expect that you are going to get that promotion. But the Yahoo in the cubicle down the hall gets it instead. You're perceived, and you perceive that as a slight to your value in the company and you get angry. Uh, it can happen, a lot, you know, a lot of times it happens on special holidays. Uh, you know, it always actually breaks my heart. On Mother's Day, I always see a lot of mothers in tears, not tears of joy, but they had a certain expectation of how their family's going to respond to them and honor them. And they, their perception is that, that they weren't honored or thought about or cared about. And that creates pain and anger at the situation. So, at least in my mind, real simplistic, uh, simplistically speaking, anger fills the space between your expectation, I expect to be honored, and the perceived reality, I'm not being honored, and that space in between is called anger. Now, according to Jesus, this is a really, really difficult thing and, and dangerous thing because subsequently, the the uh, space between separation of God's ideal of, of how we are to respond to him and how we are to respond to others, the space separating us from God's ideal is equivalent to the destructive power of sin. So here again, we have here's God's ideal and we're angry and we're in this separation and that separation, the, the farther away we are from God's ideal, the more power we give sin over our lives. And that's a really scary thing. Now, anger and Jesus elevating, and I love how Jesus, you know, 2,000 years ago, is really talking about things that, that science is starting to catch up with. And anger carries with it some really, uh, not only spiritual dangers, but also physical dangers. When we get angry, and I've, I actually maybe you may want to YouTube uh, what happens to my brain when I get angry. It is 
fascinating. It was way too geeky to show it here and long, but here's essentially, I just took some notes while watching it. The adrenaline glands flood the body with stress hormones and adrenaline. Our brain uh, moves blood away from our gut and toward our muscles in preparation for physical exertion. Our heart rate, blood pressure, and respiration uh, uh, increases. Our body temperature rises and our skin perspirates, perspires, excuse me. And then our mind sharpens for battle. You know what that describes? The Hulk. <laughs> right? All those things happen to the Hulk. And it happens to us. You think about it. You know, you, you get tense. You get angry. And all the blood moves away from your gut. Too bad the fat doesn't move away from your gut too, right? That'd be good. But no, it's all the blood and it goes into your arms and, you, and your heart starts going. And you're like, I'm Hulk smash. You know, guy didn't get angry. And that is what is going on? And unfortunately, if we're in a constant state of anger, that our bodies start to deteriorate. And here are some the scientific uh, results from anger when we exist in an unhealthy, unbiblical kind of state of anger. We get headaches. Have you ever been so mad your head started to hurt? Yeah. Digestive problems. I'll, I'll admit it. When I get angry, my I just ugh. insomnia. How many of us have stayed up late at night thinking how we're going to get back at that person, putting sugar in their gas tank, or or letting air on their tires? All these things, all these passive-aggressive things that they'll never know, but all these ill-will things, right? Increased anxiety. You get angry if you've got an increase of anxiety? Of course you do. It's an anxious situation. How about depression? Anger and depression? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, as most of you know, this has been my journey through life. I've been entrusted with depression. And, and really all depression is, is anger turned inward. Instead of lashing out and doing road rage and things like that, you just, you put it inward. It's depression is just anger turned inward. High blood pressure, skin problems, heart attack, stroke. Anybody want to sign up for anger? We well, don't have to sign up for it because it's part of life because in so many different situations, our perceived reality does not meet our expectation. So there are many unhelpful ways to, to deal with anger. We all have coping mechanisms that we've established on how to deal with anger, but many of them are, are not helpful. They're not biblical. They are not healthy. Uh, my friends, uh, Jamie and Heidi Thompson with their kids, when they're doing something that they don't like, they say, no, thank you. That is not helpful. They're such good parents. I like to smack my kids around. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't really smack my kids around much. Oh, uh, <laughs> they're too big now. Have you seen Boo lately? He's massive. So, uh, so here's, here's two ways. They're angry explosion. Anger explosion, right? You bottle it up, you bottle it up, and then boom, 
it goes. And it's usually not the thing that you're angry about that makes you go boom. It's usually something else, and you just keep on putting it inside and inside and inside. Yeah, and you're like, you're like the Mentos experiment with the Mentos in the Coke bottle, and boom! And you explode. This happened, I was subject to this uh, probably just about a month ago. In fact, I'm kind of used to road rage and things like that from Los Angeles and people driving very aggressively, and you come to expect it. And, and actually, in a way, it's good because you know that most people are going to not be courteous and they're going to try to cut you off. So everybody knows the rules. So you just, that's kind of how that culture works. But here in Tallahassee, people are usually pretty uh, generous and, and, and open and give space and, and things like that. The only thing about Tallahassee driving is people do random things. Like, I seriously, I'm like, I do not even understand why you did that. And I'm like, just, if it doesn't make me angry, it's just kind of bizarre. It, so, you know, does somebody say, like, a bad drivers make me angry? But does anybody here think they're a bad driver? Nobody ever thinks they're a bad driver, right? One person, okay. So, I'm... I'm driving and we're coming into this construction zone where they're taking multiple lanes into one lane and everybody, everybody's merging together like you're meant to. And all of a sudden I drive a Mini Cooper. I'm driving my little Mini Cooper and dude in the, in the Super Duty, you know, F2000 million, you know, all jacked up and everything. I'm seriously just minding my own and singing gospel tunes probably and... <laughs> Who didn't like lying? That, that was a lie. Sorry, I, I probably wasn't. I was probably listening to like Rage Against the Machine. No, no, I was just, I was driving. I, I got to be honest with you. I was driving properly. And so I'm driving my little Mini Cooper and suddenly I see like these tires coming like right on me. And I'm like, dude, and I'm like driving, I'm like, and it got to the point where the lane was like, it was going to stop, and I, I didn't have anywhere to go, so, uh, you know, I got, I got in, and, and, and I, he was furious, he started hitting the horn and, and getting right on top of me, which is kind of scary when you have a big truck and you're in a little car like that, and so I decided, and that's what I did, I'm just telling the story, so... So he, he follows me actually into my neighborhood, right on my tail. We get to a stop sign, and I decide, you know what? This is crazy. I'm going to get out, and I'm going to just, I'm going to apologize for whatever perceived infraction. So I get out of my car, and, I, and, I, and, I, and he jumps out, and he is beet red, veins going out, and he's screaming at me, and he's like, if I didn't have a, this is a quote, if I did not have a $60,000 truck, I would have run you over. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, you know, and, and but this is not worth it, and I, we need just to calm down. And he gets in my face, and he says, what if I don't? What are you going to do about it? And I just said, nothing. <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> and he looked at me, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry if I ruined your day. But the reality is, he probably wasn't angry with me. I mean, he was, but I mean, 
who knows what was going on in his life. And he had this big explosion and, you know, stuff happens on the road, but, but probably he had some issues going on. And I just happened to be the, the last thing that, that blew him up. And a lot of times people, you know, the people who bottle stuff up, there's going to be a point where you can't hold it in any longer and it can be a dangerous situation. Then the other one is anger uh, repression. And this is the way where you, you actually make it so it doesn't look like you're angry, but you do lots of passive-aggressive type things. You hear a lot about it like in, in, in organizations that have different departments and things like that, and people aren't working together. And, and a project needs to be done, and there's you know, a department or a person in, in the department that's just slowing everything up. But they can't really, you can't really prove that they're slowing it up, but they're just they're, they're trying to mess it up and make your life hard, right? Anybody ever experienced something like that? You know, it happens in different things. And this is, this is just repressed anger, passive aggressiveness, and it's not healthy either. And these, these are the things, you know, that, that Jesus is saying, you know what, don't sin in your anger. You're going to be angry, but deal with with your anger. And this is why he talks about like uh, having a short account with people and not allowing the sun to set on your anger. And then he goes on a little bit later to talk a little bit more in depth about that. So in verse 23, he says, so if you are presenting a sacrifice and offering a tithe or an offering at the altar of the temple, your church, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there Leave your offering at the altar. Go and be reconciled. If you are a circle type person in your Bible, you might want to say circle reconcile to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. You see this time and time again where, where God puts reconciliation between him and others and creation as, as job number one. And the way I read this is that Jesus here is saying, do not compound your problems. You know what? When you, when you come and you're angry and you're not right with God, you're not reconciled with people, you know what? It doesn't do you any good to, to compound your problems. Do what you're meant to do in these other things and Go and make it a priority to make right the one thing that's wrong in your life. Don't complicate it. This happens all the time in our lives, at least in my life. I'll speak for myself. And it, it happens in, in certain things like, uh, like a lot of times if like I eat one chip, I'm like, yeah, I ate a chip. I eat two chips. I eat three chips. I eat the whole bag. What you know? It's like I've already eaten the whole bag. I might as well have some cake too. You know, right? And that progresses. And instead of saying like, "Oh, I messed up," let's stop this craziness and do the right things. That you compound your problems. You know, the same things happens when you with unhealthy kind of behaviors and things like that, including anger. Is that we start to compound our problems? Jesus is saying, "Don't compound your problems." If you have a problem in this area, then you know what? Do the right thing in the other areas and then go make that right. And your life is going to be a lot smoother. And then finally, 
uh, in verse 25 and 26. He says, when you are on the way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to an officer and you will be thrown in prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. This took me as a little bit off topic when I first looked at it and glanced at it, but, but the reality is that Jesus is continuing this thought of, of progression and having a short account with God and people to, to not let it to uh, build up, but to go to that person and, and to make sure that you have reconciled with them. Because once you bring other people into it, that, that it no longer becomes between two people, but you start bringing other people and, you, and it may end up that you end up with a decision that you are really, really unhappy with and it could have been easily taken care of. I, I kind of rewrote it this way, the boorish and common progression from hated adversary to hopeful, hopeful arbitration to surprised arbitrary decision has ambushed many a future. And this is true that, that so many times that we escalate and we destroy our future when something could have been handled very, very easily. This is the beauty of Matthew 18 when Jesus is talking about how to handle conflict, that, that we are to first go to that person that has wronged us and have a conversation about it and tell them, hey, this is how that made me feel, and, and looking for forgiveness and reconciliation versus first going and building um, an army against that person. So how can we express our anger in healthy biblical ways? What's that? Turn the hall. Oh, turn, yeah, turn into the Hulk. <laughs> Number one, think before you speak. Now, in that geeky video I was telling you about, it's actually really interesting, and I forget the actual, the, the name of the gland in your brain that where anger is produced, but it's right behind your cerebral lobe, up in front where you do your rational thinking. And what happens is when you, you before you even intellectually understand what, what is happening, you know, the fight or flight kind of thing, that gland is producing these chemicals, and it actually puts a chemical barrier and separates that from your think, your, your brain. It's really quite fascinating. And, and, and did your mother ever tell you to count to 10 before you speak or, or say something? Of course she did, because she's the greatest mom ever. That's what moms do, is tell you things like that. Well, that, that's the scientific background of that, because in the first you know, 10 seconds of, of anger that you're actually, your mind, your, your thought mind is cut off from your emotions and you can say or do things that are really outside of your character. That's why you, you see road rage. That's why you see people, uh, you know, cussing or, or flipping people off or, or throw punches when, when they're angry. 
things that a lot of people would never do if they just waited 10 seconds. Um, another way to, to deal with anger in a healthy biblical way is to exercise. This is something that we talk a lot about here at E3, just treating your body as a temple. And there's something about exercise that allows us to, to release that anger. It's why we have E3 Fit. It's why uh, we offer classes like Insanity or, or yoga class and, and different things in the running, the running group and all of these things because so many of us are just not getting enough exercise for all the amount of stress that we're putting into our bodies, and it has to go somewhere. And treating your body as a temple of the Holy Spirit and taking care of it will, will help you deal with anger and stress in a much healthier way. Uh, refocus your, refocus onto uh, solutions rather than your anger. You know, I see this happen all too often that we, we focus on the problem, we focus on, on what has made us angry, and that will never solve anything. It just doesn't. And it's best to go to that person and just, you know, you're both grown-ups and just say, you know what, this made me feel angry when you did this. And, and, and I, my expectation was this, but my perceived reality is this, and I, I'm, I'm feeling this anger. And, and instead of, but that's all right, you know, stuff happens, right? We, we're human that we, we hurt one another. That's normal. But what's abnormal is us dealing with it in a healthy, biblically functioning way and say, you know what, how do we reconcile and how do we move forward? Where's the opportunity to move forward? And that's the next thing is, is that we're meant to seek reconciliation, not seek coalitions. Again, it's going back to Matthew 18. It's go to that person and seek reconciliation. That's what Jesus modeled for us and what God modeled for us when he came and sent his only son to die for our sins so we could be reconciled to him. He didn't go and get a, get a coalition to, to, you know, overpower us and say, you know, look at how rotten you are. He sacrificed his self in order for us to be in relationship with him. And I have a friend who, who likes to say, do you want to be right or do you want to be in a relationship? Which one do you want? You know, and for some people, I want to be right. Well, if you always have to be right, guess what? You're probably not going to be in relationship very long. You have to choose. Learn to, you got to learn to forgive. Holding things against one another is not biblical. That we're told in Scripture that we have been forgiven a lot, so we have to forgive. There's parable after parable about this principle. Holding on to your anger and holding on to unforgiveness just destroys you and everyone around you. Learn to laugh. It's impossible to laugh and be angry at the same time. That's one of the reasons that I love that our church laughs, because if you're laughing, that, that, that there's just something beautiful and holy about that, that it frees you from anxiety and, 
and anger and all these things when we laugh. It's just laughter is healthy. And then learn relaxation skills. You know, I do this sometimes because I have anxiety. It's like breathe in with the good, out with the bad. You ever hear that? Yeah, just, I mean, it, but it works. You're just like in with the good, all the good things, you know, even quoting Philippians when you do it, you know, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, you know, breathe those things out in and breathe out the bad stuff and just like, just cleanse me, Lord, cleanse me. Uh, another one is, is yoga. And we offer yoga here and and. You know what? I don't get to go as often as I'd like to go, but Alicia does this amazing job. There's something about just, you know, stretching your body and she's praying or, or, or reading Bible verses to us when, when that's happening. I tell you what, I, I feel spiritually and emotionally and physically refreshed uh, after one of those classes. Uh, write your feelings down in a journal. We're big at journaling here and there's something great about journaling. And then finally, if all else fails, get a Pinterest app and look at baby animal pictures. <laughs> because you cannot be angry when you're looking at baby animals. Look at a little piggy. What's the next one? Look at this. I just want to stick it in my ear and clean it out. <laughs> Koala bear. Look at a sheep. Oh, it's a polar bear. Oh, it's a fluffy penguin. Oh, well, okay. The panda's sad that you're angry. And it's a baby elephant, and the best one for last, a baby hedgehog. Look at the little tongue. No one's angry. Everyone's happy. Will you guys pray with me? 